Welcome back to Droolish, episode 5, or technically 6 in this case. Don't worry, turns out my upload was a little bit too big, so I had to split this 10-hour special into 5 2-hour parts. You can go to episode 5, the first episode 5, and listen to the rest of the um, podcast in order if that's plausible, and if not, I will eventually, pretty soon, put a YouTube video out um, for the full 10 hours. So sit back and enjoy. Moving on to number 17, Ruoni Kenshin. This is a show that takes me back. I recall watching this show probably in middle school, and that's probably the reason why I'm rating it so high. This, I don't know if it's a shonen, I haven't done my research on it, but it was the first awesome anime show that I watched coming out of uh, high school. I think they played it on Toonami like at 5 o'clock every day. I leave middle school, not even high school, it was middle school. Middle school, come home, turn on my old CRV TV. Remember those bad boys? Holy cow. Okay, no more tangents. Turn on the TV, quick change it it to Cartoon Network and got my Toonami on. And it was an amazing show. It follows the story of a badass samurai called uh, Kenshin Tomorrow. And I am correct, which I'm probably not, but I'm still going to roll with it. Uh, this is actually a follow-up from a movie or a show called like Samurai X, where the main character, Ruoni Kenshin, was a legit killer samurai badass that did all these amazing things. Um, and the Ruoni Kenshin show, this anime, picks off from after the war to where he's more of a, nah, I'm not about to kill anyone anymore. Let me just be a badass, but just, you know, not kill type of phase and it works out really really well going back to the synopsis that my anime list provides in the final years of the bakumatsu era lived a legendary assassin known as uh, hitori batosai or i'm I'm gonna call him the batosai for short because that's what i was used to hearing feared as a merciless killer he was unmatched throughout the country but mysteriously disappeared at the peak of the japanese revolution it has been 10 peaceful years since but the very notion of the Batosai still strikes terror into the hearts of war veterans. Unbeknownst to them, Batosai is abandoned in his bloodstained lifestyle in an effort to repent for his sins, now living as Kenshin Homura, a wandering swordsman with a cheerful attitude and a strong will, vowing to never kill again. Kenshin dictates himself to pr- ah, dedicates himself into protecting the weak. One day, he stumbles across Kiro Ki- uh, Kimiya, at her kendo dojo, which is being threatened by an impostor claiming to be the Batosai. After receiving help from Kenshin, uh, Karu allows him to stay at the dojo, So, and so the former former assassin temporarily, temporarily ceases his travels. That's more or less. It just follows the, the life of this former, I mean, he's a badass, but used to be blood killer uh, assassin, a samurai. Uh, since he doesn't have a, you know, he doesn't want to kill anymore, you know, most of these shows are, most of these episodes are, are maybe one or two episode one-off arcs, storylines that help build the characters. Um, but the number one reason why I am putting this so high, number 18, outside of the personal taste, because, you know, it's an older, you know, older show, it's got a lot of nostalgia, those are, those give it a lot of points. But my favorite, I would say my favorite arc that I've ever watched in most of the animes has to be from Kenshin, and it was, I believe, during like, uh, it's like some mummy guy sword, and if you're an anime guy, if you're an anime fan and you're watching this, 
I'm very sorry. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I love to watch anime. I watch the subs, but I'm terrible with names. And out of the 106 anime that I've even claimed to watch, I've probably watched a lot more. Remembering all those names is so tough. And trying to re- trying to recall all these names in real time, or even looking them up and pausing the podcast and that would take me like 40 hours to do this whole thing. So I'm trying to condense it down. Not really apologizing. Not really apologizing for the flubbing. Just understand that's what you're going to kind of get when it comes to more of these shows that I have not watched in a long time. Back to Kenshin. So for Kenshin, it's very solid score uh, with an 8.38 on my anime list, ranked pretty solidly, 185th. There's a lot of good anime. There's hundreds of good anime, and this certainly qualifies for it. Popularity at 278. That's its rank. It was released in 1996. So yeah, that definitely does fit the tsunami years when I said when I mentioned middle school uh, through 1998. And I want to just pull a quick review just to give an idea of here it is. This this is a good idea of the show. It's pretty much divided into three parts. The first part is about 30 or so episodes. Is the introduction type thing. Again, that could be where some people kind of get bored and old, is that when you get used to the characters, who they are, how they act, or if there are new arcs that introduce new a new cast, you want to get that out of the way before like the real shit happens. The second part, which this lady describes, is from episode 28 to 62, which is where the real story finally begins to develop. Uh, now, I'm, I'm just speaking from her review at this point, so make that clear. Now, it's a continuous story much like what most shonen anime series does. It is in, it is in this part where Ruini Kenshin show, shows its best side. And there's a lot of past to look on, lots of emotions, and, re, and resolves to change, and great action. The pacing is just right too. It's not too fast. It's not too slow. Everything about this part is perfect story-wise. And if you ask me, this, is the, this part also has an ending, since the remainder of the show is filler, um, which you may or may not like. And then, and then everyone, including the bad guys, their story gets wrapped up. And for me, that's fine. But not everyone shares my opinion. All in all, I'll give this part a 10, and the story ends at a 10. So that's as far as I take it. And that 32 episode or 34 episode series, considering it's a 94 episode uh, anime, and, the third, and apparently the last 32 episodes are filler, so it's whatever. Um, that early earlier episode. Fun jazz and the main arc was probably like the just intense, most intense type of like storytelling, fighting, like thematic animation. Like the art style is not the art style is super dated, and there's a big difference between an art style and animation. I, I want to make that clear. The art style of Ruini Kenshin felt darker, it felt gritty. It was a little bit dated, not super gritty, but you know it, it, it's also pleasant. You know, people are still pleasant to look at. The animation is where it shines really well in the fight sequences because everything feels so fluid, it feels so crisp, and I don't even care if the artwork's terrible in an anime. Like, I love at least decent animation, uh, and you can have terrible artwork and great animation or great animation and terrible artwork. I would, refer, I would prefer to have one or the other. You can have both, that's great, but at least do one of those two right. And Ruini Kenshin just nailed the animation. As... Uh, especially for what time, too. Like even though the coloring might be a di- bit dull, um, it's uh, you know pretty standard shonen style. Um, 
whatever's uh, for characters. Rooney Kenshin, going back to the review here. Rooney Kenshin is a real masterpiece. The characters, even some of the bad ones, have passed, which have been deeply affected in how they act in the present. Uh, you know, the, their circumstances which serve as a motivation for their current actions adds depth to the characters, which actually makes it easier to sympathize, sympathize and, d depending on who you are, might actually root for them. We, bo we both know that Ruini Kenshin is supposed to be the good guy, and there are a lot of philosophies, especially in the last fighting sequences where there's a lot of discussion on philosophy of what's right and what's wrong, and I believe Ruini does mention, or Kenshin Himura, I should say, Kenshin says something along the lines of, hey, like, you know, right or wrong is not really determined by opinion. It's just, you know, the person that's willing to fight what they believe in and all this fun jazz. It's a very interesting uh, take on philosophy, and uh, especially back then, <laughs> as a younger younger person, it's, it starts, uh, you know, it, it starts getting you thinking more about life and all those fun things. And, and if you're someone who's into shonen or just looking for an anime to watch, this is probably going to be the one that hits the spot next to Kenichi. Those two would be the one to combo that if you I'm like that I'm likely sure that you have not watched either of those if you're just a regular person that happens to fall upon this uh, this podcast number eight Yu Yu Hakusho is an anime that I personally liked like really liked as a matter of fact I sometimes like to play Eye of the Tiger when I work out and aside from that I like to play clips from Yu Yu Hakusho to motivate me. Not really, but I used to, like, 20 years ago. I was a kid. Whatever. Anyway. I'm just being stupid, guys. I, okay, so, side tangent, I don't know how many people are actually going to listen to this particular portion, so I'm kind of just going to roll with this. And if you happen to find an Easter egg or something stupid that I say, just throw it in the comments, or this is on YouTube, throw it in a comment, timestamp it, or ignore it. I don't know. Anyway. Yu Yu Hakucho has a score of 8.48, ranked for 119th on my anime list, with at least, what, admissions, it's in the top 300, popularity 258. So it's pretty rare that a lot of the anime that I really, really liked growing up uh, actually has a, has the staying power of more of the iconic anime that I thought this was on the same level as. When I think of Dragon Ball Z, I kind of think of Yu Yu Hakusho as well, like Trigun, Cowboy Bebop, you know, those types of shows that were iconic. But I guess with the growth of the anime industry and becoming more mainstream, I'm not saying it's mainstream yet, although there could be an argument for it, the, the amount of people that are involved in anime now, more people are, are wanting to get involved and in watching like the newer anime, what's fresh, what's current. And to be fair, that is a very okay statement. I don't like it. That, that's more of me personally, and I know that is a wrong attitude to have. So that is um, that, that is a Joey fault right there. But it's just so hard for me to shake the feeling of me saying, "Please watch this old anime." You, you know, get you know, re feel feel my old nostalgia, or maybe it's just a reason for me to watch an anime, an old anime with a friend when I have these conversations. I don't know, but. Story-wise, for Yu Yu Hakusho, uh, is probably another. I mean, most of these are going to be ten out of tens. If I'm going to talk about story or plot point at this level, if I'm talking about at least the top thirty anime, like all the stories are going to be good. Um, this is an older anime that was released back in 1992 um, in Japan. So it was released in 1992, over 37 years old. No, 27. One year off. 27 years old. Going to be in. 
age of 30 in a few years. I am very... I don't know, it's a, it's a very fun anime. It's hard to explain it in a way that I could sum it up in like three words or less. So I'm going to do the best alternative, which is give it my synopsis and not try to take it from my anime list. So Yu Yu Hakusho, at least what it starts off as, follows the life of a, of a kid, like 14-year-old juvenile named uh, Yusuke Yurameshi. And I know that name because there is another main character called Kuwabara! And I forgot his first name. Uh, Cosmo Kuwabara. Thank you, my anime list. Uh, those two just apparently just keep yelling each other's last name over and over again like a billion times throughout the series. It's annoying and it's a fun little plot point, or plot, it's a fun little theme if you wanted to create something like that or a joke. Um, but it's you know not, not detrimental to the show. It's just my side tangent of how I am easily able to remember uh, Yusuke Yurameshi's name and uh, Kuwabara. Anyway. Yusuke Yurameshi is a 14-year-old delinquent with a dim future, and he gets a miraculous chance to turn it all around after he throws himself in front of a moving car to save a young boy. The ultimate, his, his ultimate sacrifice is so out of character that the authorities of the spirit realm are not yet prepared to let him pass on. Konma, her heir to the throne of the spirit realm, offers Yusuke an opportunity to regain his life through a through a completion of a series of tasks. With the guidance of the death god Botan, he, is thwart, he has to thwart evil presences on Earth as a spirit detective. To help him on his venture, Yusuke enlists ex-rival Kuwabara and two demons, Kie and Kumura, or sorry, Kuruma, who have criminal past. Together, they train in battle against enemies who would threaten humanity's very existence. So again, this is just more of a traditional shonen anime with a different twist. You know, well, not a different, different twist, but it's a, it's a twist where, you know, it's a juvenile kid. He uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically saves a boy from a car, um, gets pissed off that he actually dies. He's like, ah, damn it. Like, I can't believe I actually saved this kid. But uh, the spirit gods are like, eh, you know, you seem to be an okay boy. This is the most unexpected thing. Just, uh, if, if you want to come back to life, do these things. And he actually didn't really want to, but then he saw people sad, and then he was just like, ah, maybe I'll give a shot. But he, but the story essentially starts from there, he comes back to life, obviously, or else the show would be done, so I'm not calling that a spoiler. You know, he starts meeting people, he becomes a badass, he gets cool abilities, like spirit guns and all that shit, almost like Dragon Ball Z. Um, but, I, what I really like that, what, what I really like about this show overall is that I don't feel like the show itself is terribly paced. The overall story arcs are very fulfilling, uh, and my personal preference of more shonen, more action types, it does show in this ranking. And if you happen to like action, or if you feel if you feel like you're in the mood to rewatch a classic, I don't know. I think I think Yu Yu Hakusho is probably going to be like your your go-to anime. If that's the case. With a score of an 8.48, I think I mentioned this already, ranked 119 with a popularity of 258. Uh, this definitely is a middle-of-the-road anime on paper, but it is a phenomenal anime in just in almost any aspect outside of just ranking purposes. So, highly recommend watching it. I don't want to go too deep into this series because... It mainly follows his life early on, and then I think I think there are like two or three main arcs. The first main arc is like I think the dark tournament, and then the other one I think is the demon tournament, or there's something with a demon. 
It does get a little bit absurd towards the end, I'm not going to lie. It just seems like they pulled some uh, bullshit jujitsu like, out of nowhere to try to get some plot points um, to wrap up some certain plot holes. But overall, I'm not going to knock that. I mean, it's just a freaking anime. It's not a movie. It's not a two-hour movie where you, know, you have more time to get perfection um, condensed into like a 90-minute to like a 250-minute film or whatever. Anyway, Yu Yu Hakusho, great anime, a little bit old, but I might need to watch that. It's currently on the Funimation app, I believe, and I mean, you guys can Google episodes as well. Number 19. One Punch Man! I don't know why I said it that way, but One Punch Man is number 20 on the list, and I get the sneaking feeling that a number of you have actually heard of this anime. I'm being sarcastic there. I'm pretty sure all of you have heard of this anime at some at some point or at some capacity. Whether you're on Hulu, Netflix, on the internet, you probably can't avoid a meme or whatever. So, One Punch Man is a hilarious show that kind of makes fun of all the other shows that I've talked about at this point. Where a lot of the top shows that I really liked were mainly based off of nostalgia or things from the past. Where One Punch Man, where one, where one Punch Man comes in is, it makes fun of these types of shows because, for one, it's more current. So it it kind of makes fun of all the tropes that I used to like, and it and it adds a unique twist and, it, and spins it. Um, and the concept is, you know, this guy can literally defeat opponents in a single punch. That's it. It should be a show that's really boring. Like someone comes in, boom, Superman done. But what really makes the show super awesome is that it dives into the mind of Saitama, who is the main hero. It shows him starting off as super strong, and his growth to becoming strong is just done in, like, they explain it in, like, two seconds. That's the joke. He's just a regular guy who just tried really hard and didn't believe that there was such thing as limits, and he just kept getting, getting stronger in, like, a year span. So you follow his adventures, and there's not really a reason on why he's actually strong. He just is. You're not supposed to think about it. It just is the universe that's created, which is the brilliance of it. You don't need to actually have like a 30-episode backstory of like a, how, how this universe came to be. You, you throw people into this mix. You're able to con convey the story the right way and get the audience thoroughly attracted into the character, the world. That's all that matters. Like, doesn't matter how you got there. That's like trying to explain the freaking oh, how, how did the zombie outbreak happen? Well, you know. Who knows? People are more interested in, like, the real shit. Now, as a personal taste, this hits comedy, action, and, and more... I would, I would even say slice of life to an extent. Uh, that's... That hits three of the check marks. It's already going up there in my top favorite shows. I already mentioned the plot story. The concept is so unique. It's... I they get so many points on the uniqueness, and it's just well done, too. Like, those, I've never seen so many elements just smash, like, the 10 out of 10, 11 out of 10, like, if I were to rate, rate, rate those. Characters are the same exact thing. You know, realistically, no one, no one matters in the show, outside of sight to them. But the story is told in such a way that everyone matters, and he is just more of, like, a plot point on a resolution. Which, again, is a very nifty perspective on, on, on a show. Um, that's supposed to be emphasized on the on him, but it's it's uh, like I said, it's it's a fun one, and it's the second season just came out, and if, I'm gonna pull this up 
on my anime list to see where it's actually ranked, because I do not know. So One Punch Man currently is ranked 8.71 as a score, uh, and I believe they're only counting season one here. So yeah, One Punch Man ranked number 46 with a very high score of 8.71. Its popularity, and this was released in 2015, popularity number five. So it is a super hyped up show, like incredibly hyped up show. My only fault, and a lot of people are talking about the second season of them not liking it. Me personally, I'm actually a big fan, and I'm, I'm going to include One Punch Man both seasons because it's kind of weird to not like they didn't they didn't change the name of the, se- of the series. It's not One Punch Man season two. It's not a separate series. It you know follows the whole thing. So One Punch Man, in this case, I I think it has like 24 episodes. So. It might have barely even cracked like the top 30 or 40 after the first season, but now with a second season under, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, if, if you take it for what it's worth, it's just a fun anime with some crazy stuff. That's what it did. So uh, it it moves up to number 20 on my list. I, I wish I could rank it higher, but every other anime I ranked above it just is better. Not better, but it's just better preferenced. This is the best I can rank One Punch Man. I would love to rank it higher. Come out with a third season and don't make me wait four years. You might get into the top ten. I mean, Akrosuko did something crazy. It's ranked 11, and I only watched two seasons of that. But One Punch Man is probably the highest rated anime that does not have any bit of nostalgia. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say that doesn't have any bit of nostalgia. It's a newer show that has ranked pretty high. Agrisuku, like I said, could make a argument for, but those are for two completely different reasons. And let's see. I'm just going to go over the review quickly here. Or maybe I will go over... There are a lot of reviews and videos and so much discussion about the show in general that... I don't want to do a bad job of bastardizing what I think of what the review should be or the character analysis of Saitama or Genos or any other like awesome superhero in that show, or I should just call them heroes. So I'm just going to do what I normally do, and that's just find a very smart voice of reason that can better say things than I can. So I'm only basing this off of this guy's review. Uh, Monster Lieber. So you feel free to check his review out. That's why I'm giving him his credit. He wrote it. A thousand people found this to be pretty helpful. He's only talking about the first 12 episodes, but I'm going to speak as if it's all 24 because, again, personally, it flows pretty well. Story, 7 out of 10. He says, Story Man's simple. I already mentioned that. He's a hero for fun. What makes it unique is that the show is a parody for people who are new to that genre. It's an imitation of other work. Basically, what this anime does is it takes a parody out of a shonen genre where you have a male pro- protagonist who gets beaten down and then trains or some way or some other way defeats the bad guy. Here, you know, One Punch Man, just he's just overpowered. He's just bored. So, you might think that such a strong person is to be revered by as a god and by the people and people will try to go after him, but that's not the case. As a matter of fact, since he's a hero for fun, people don't even know he exists. Uh, which actually is a pretty cool and major plot point um, later in the series. Uh, when Saitama has to show his strength in front of public, um, just so he can become a hero, quote-unquote, like, in the series. 
The show was created to poke fun of all tropes in anime, uh, this, and they're a story that has been made to enjoy but not taken seriously. And that's the key point, is that the show is not to be taken seriously. On some of these shows, you can tell if they're supposed to be taken seriously or not. If you put your serious goggles on, on a show that's not supposed to be, you're going to be seeing 4 out of 10s, 5 out of 10s, 6 out of 10s. You're going to be pretty unhappy. Because I don't, I don't know, it's all about mind frame when I, when I watch these shows. And if I'm going into a show thinking it's going to be ridiculous, because it's promoted as ridiculous, that's going to help me, you know, adapt into the ridiculous world. Or, you know, those, those kinds of things. Um, back to the review. Art, 9 out of 10. Now, the only reason I gave this a 9 is because of the meticulously high standards set by what, Unfoutable in the Fate series of blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go behind this. Um, in most anime, usually the MC has some kind of a weapon, and you can add some flashy effects to go with it, but here we have a hero whose, whose weapon is just his fist. The fights happen to be carefully drawn and animated, and when you have a studio like Madhouse doing it, you know you're rarely going to be disappointed. Fluid motions, spectacular effects, no weird faces, nothing overdramatic, simple, yet awesome. The best part of this anime has to be the Saitama expressions, where, where if you didn't smile, at least when you saw the okay face, and I guess you, your sense of humor must be locked up somewhere. Madhouse knows how to make the viewer enjoy the anime to the full extent. And fun fact, the number one anime that I ranked two and a half hours or three hours ago was produced by Madhouse. So if you happen to hear a man, an anime that is from the studio of Madhouse, it is almost surefire going to be amazing because they pretty much handpick the anime that they want to uh, animate specifically. Even the, ordin- even the ordinary people are drawn with careful details. Another important aspect here is the design for villains, especially Sea King and Boros, each having something unique, yet they give up their own strong, badass vibe when you just look at them. Also, the art in the final episode is 11 out of 10. As everyone knows, the final episode was legit, like the gold standard of what animation sh- like should be. Um, so, awesome. 10, sound out of sound, god level simply orgasmic. Not going to go beyond that. Character, 10 out of 10. Once in a lifetime, you watch shows where every character in it makes an impact. One Punch One, One Punch Man is mine. I can probably name every single character that appeared in these 12 episodes. That's how much of an impact they make. Saitama with his carefree attitude, his loyal cyborg, Genos, Jack-O-Lantern, Jack-O-Lantern Panic, uh, Brady Maki, Justice Rider, S-Class Zero such as Silver Fang, Metal Bat, Puri Puri Prisoner, King, and all the others have a uniqueness that makes you remember them. Even characters who play cam- who play a cameo such as Carnage, Kabuto, Mosquito Girl, Snack, Sneaker, Amagi Mask, even to manage to leave, the, leave an impression, which is something most animes fail to do. When you have a strong anime character cast, the anime really falters. What? That guy rarely falters. I will say this. There is something this guy's not talking about, which I hope to talk about in a, di- in a different video series, which is... I would say most of these characters are not actually unique. It's just their character designs are so unique that you're able to identify them specifically. Um, big difference, because one involves internal like ability. The other one implies external. And here in this case, I think the external is being heavily favored here. Don't get me wrong, I, the, the cast, like I'm, I am able to remember the cast very well. Um, but it's mainly for the external reasons. The reasons why I love the other main characters, like Saitama and Janos, are for the internal reasons, and some external as well. So, 
I don't hundred like I give it. I I agree with the assessment of ten. I I agree with the score. I think the assessment is probably a little bit off, but that's just me. Um, that's just me being nitpicky, and he's not even wrong. I'm just telling my own preference. Enjoyment. He gives it a ten out of ten. Yes, it's a formula. He nails it. The timing, the drawings, just the everything about the show just strikes gold. And if you're watching a show that just you just want to have a good time and all fun jazz and not think like this is, well, you'll think a little bit and you'll and you'll get some feels as well. No, this is a really good anime. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I put it twenty and. I'm not going to move it up, but I'm, I'm hyping myself up a little bit more with this anime, and I think I might have rated it too low. This probably would, I would probably have moved it up a few more spots, but that's another time. I wanted to create this list the moment it was crystallized in July. I can't take see backsies. No take see backsies. I want it to be recorded. Moving on. Coming in at number 20, Dragon Ball Z. I'm pretty sure some of you are thinking, well, how come you mentioned Dragon Ball, but not Dragon Ball Z? Who the hell is this guy? Well, I'm a guy who just likes to enjoy anime for what it's worth. I love, I love fights. I mean, this is ranked 21. Yeah, Punch, One Punch Man number 20. Yu Yu Hakusho's 19. There's a lot of action I have for, uh, for anime, and it just so happens Dragon Ball Z is just not, you know, in the top... 20. It's, it's it's perfectly good at number 21. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z, good job at being number 21. Now, I'm actually curious to see what the ratings are for Anime List. 8.29 is the score that it's given a little bit higher than its other uh, its previous show, uh, Dragon Ball. Ranked 259th compared to, I think, barely 500 for Dragon Ball. And 74th in popularity. So that, that already right there kind of makes me think, like, okay, this my anime list popularity, it's obviously based off of people who took the time to fill out the anime list versus casual people who might just buy the merchandise. So keep that in mind. Dragon Ball Z is still rated very well, and it takes place pretty uh, take, take place five years after winning the... after Goku wins the martial arts tournament five years after he wins one of them. Um, he's just living his life, and then it picks off from, I don't know, it just picks off from where it left off, and it just goes to complete madness, where Dragon Ball was just, everything was awesome, cool, let's explore the world, Dragon Ball Z's like, like, this world is boring, let's just snort some crack and think where we can go from here, oh, the world, no, 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 the sky, no, 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 let's think of the galaxy yeah we're gonna go to different planets we're gonna bring in aliens we're gonna go to different planets we're gonna have all these ridiculous abilities humans eh, eh never mind goku you're no longer human you used to be a monkey boy now you're just a saiyan what's a saiyan well it's a freaking alien deal with it and that's more or less what dragon ball z ends up becoming and don't get me wrong it is amazing and the biggest gripe that most people tend to have with dragon ball z is that Compared to Dragon Ball, where a lot of the characters got a lot of face time, there was a decent amount of development. It was a good ebb and flow between all the characters and a mix of you know, comedy and action, and you got to see real growth between everyone. Whereas Dragon Ball Z growth was measured in the form of strength, abilities, and more, more or less feats of accomplishment. So defeating X-Boss, defeating Y-Boss, saving the Earth, those are all amazing things. And the fights themselves and the storylines behind it 
are phenomenal. But comparing the types of shows and comparing the types of everyday problems that you're dealing with uh, on both shows is night and day. So Dragon Ball Z, the reason why I don't have it as high compared to Dragon Ball is more or less for those reasons. It's just, at the end of the day, it's just a personal preference. I don't have a reason to hate Dragon Ball Z. There are a decent amount of filler episodes, but Dragon Ball has that. A lot of good anime does occasionally have filler episodes. It, it happens. And Dragon Ball Z does have a pretty good flow. The animations, especially now, will feel a little bit dated. The, the, art, the art and animation will feel a little bit dated. And they do continue the series under Dragon Ball's Super, which I will get to. Um, as you can see, it's not ranked in the top 21. But, but overall, it is an awesome show. It's a fun show. It's about 250 episodes long. It's actually 291 episodes and there are a lot of different arcs, or some people, if you're not familiar, you might call them sagas or stories that might happen compared to other shows that might have been out at the time. Uh, in but I think this was released in yeah 1989. This was so it started airing in 1989 through 1996, and I remember watching this show specifically on. Uh, either USA Network or, or I think it's USA Network like at 4.30 in the morning on Sunday mornings and it was like the most insane crap where you know they were having like the first runs of this or maybe second runs because I was about 10 years old and yeah it had to be a second it might have been a first English dub run because I remember watching the Namek or not the Namek the Raditz Vegeta all that you know all those fights when when they first visited the earth in the very first arc Dragon Ball Z, and like you see people just getting blown up, freaking, yeah, just ex being exploded. Like you, you're just like, what the heck? Like people are dying. There's blood. Like, and you're continuing off from like a previous episode. Like that never happened. It's like before when I was little. It's just like, oh, here's a Looney Tune. Here's this, and then Dragon Ball Z comes in and just changes the game. It just blew my mind. Um, you would think it would have been a higher score, but um, I never actually got to watching Dragon Ball Z until I was about college. Uh, unfortunately growing up poor, you end up uh, not having a TV or not having the hours to be up to watch a certain show that you like that's outside of school. So, And, you know, just being a kid, you, you, you're not able to control that. Nowadays, if you want to do something, you literally, you, just go on, you literally go on Google and you find whatever, or you go on whatever platform and search what you're looking for. So Dragon Ball Z becomes super awesome. It is, it is super awesome, and uh, I think a lot of people actually still quote it. They talk about reference. I mean, they, they reference it all the time. You go to any Comic-Con, you see a Goku there. You see a Super Saiyan version of Goku, which I can guarantee everyone has kind of seen that. The blonde hair, blue eyes version. You know, you 10x or billion x your strength, whatever. Um, I love this series, and I rarely watch Dragon Ball Z without watching Dragon Ball first. Some of the knocks of the anime, which I might have mentioned it too, were... The lack of of main characters, I would say. Eventually, the show does turn into who's the strongest between X person, Y person, and Z person. The show does revolve around Goku, which again isn't the bad thing. If he's supposed to be the main character, that's what's going to happen. Uh, his character type is supposed to be just general badass, and the world changes based off of kind of him. Um, so, 
Goku's simple guy. He doesn't. He really doesn't have any character progression outside of just his aging and his fighting experience and knowledge. Uh, he's just a, a fear, you know, he's just an incredibly smart fighter uh, based off of his experience. But he's not like the smartest guy in the world in certain things. So, uh, you know, he, the like I said, fights are pretty straightforward. It's good action, but uh, mainly it's like I said, the storylines behind it and the situations that make the show super awesome. And there you have it, folks. We just did another 10 anime. We're through the first 20, and we're heading to number 21. Not going to lie. After about two hours, I am very exhausted at going through this. So I want to keep powering through this, and hopefully you can keep powering through it with me, because editing is going to be a B-I-S-H-B. I don't want to cuss. That's why I said bish. Number 21. Dragon. Now that, that I think about it, did I say Dragon Ball Z was 21? I want to say Dragon Ball Z was 20. Trigun is 21. And in case anyone was wondering why I mentioned a different number in a list, well, I botched it. Well, let's not dwell on the past. Let's live in the present, shall we? Trigun is probably the first anime that I watched an adult swim before I even knew Adult Swim was a thing. Actually, I think Trigun was not an Adult Swim. I remember watching Trigun back in my middle school days, hanging out in my friend's uh, bedroom office, playing video games all night, you know, doing them uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty elite land parties. Before I go on about that, I'm actually going to take a step back and think a little bit longer about when Trigun was released. I should click the, my anime list description, which I'm doing now, so there are 26 episodes in Trigon, and a lot of older anime fans, maybe newer ones too, new, older ones especially have probably watched it, newer ones have probably heard of it, and have not spent the time to watch it. And, to be fair, it's rightfully so. So, while it's ranked 21 on my anime list, there is a big amount of nostalgia points that are reaming it up that high. Uh, and that's not a bad thing because to me a show like Trigun is very memorable for me to rank number 20 throughout all these 21 throughout all these years despite all these newer anime, anime coming out and for a very old I want to say old I don't not I do not want to say old anime but it is a older anime that was a pretty much like one of the top or not top one of the first like five anime I've ever watched it was released in 1998 Again, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, my middle school. My middle school days, April 1st through September 30th. Uh, and I am pretty sure it's currently on Funimation, and I think it was on Adult Swim at the time. Now, if you could take a guess at the studio that made this. Now, it is a very well-done anime. And if there is a studio that also works with well-done well clean shows. I think it's going to be a madhouse. Alright, I'm just being stupid. But, Madhouse uh, did produce this anime, and it shows. For you guys who aren't familiar with uh, this show, Trigun, it follows the story of a guy named Vash the Stampede. He is the man with a 60 double billion, oh sorry, 60 billion double dollar not a single dollar, double dollar, double dollar bounty on his head. 
The reason? He's a merciless villain who lays waste to all those that oppose him and flattens entire cities for fun, garnering him, garnering him the title, the human, humanoid typhoon. He leaves a trail of death and destruction wherever he goes, and anyone can count themselves dead if they so much as make eye contact. Or so the rumors say. In actuality, Ash is a huge softy who claims to have never taken a life and avoids violence at all costs. Which is a very interesting concept considering the show, the fan art, and everything you look at is related to guns, violence, death, and just sadness. Interestingly enough. So, you have this guy who's just trying to find peace and happiness in the world and just is just running into all these crazy adventures. Back to the synopsis. With this crazy donut obsession and buffoonish attitude in tow, Vash traverses the wasteland of the planet Gunsmoke, all while being followed by two insurance agents, Meryl Strife and Millie Thompson, who attempt to minimize his impact on the public. But soon, their misadventures evolve into life-or-death situations as a group of legendary assassins are summoned to bring about the suffering to the trio. Vash's agonizing past will be unraveled and his morality and principles pushed to the breaking point. I don't. I do not want to give away spoilers on this one. I know this is probably a classic to most, but I think it's kind of reached the point where not everyone who is coming into the anime world and it is growing. This is not like a Star Wars franchise or the movie franchise as a whole. Like anime is, if we're to become mainstream, there needs to be a lot of lower barriers of entry to people. So if people can access it via Netflix streaming services, all in dubbed and with enough people to creating memes and more people uh, normalizing the memes, like anime memes, and not getting too insane. Those are the things that make regular people, and this is the mission of these people, if, if you're an anime guy or if you're like a level, I don't know, I would say like I'm a level like 10 weeb. I don't know how many levels, maybe it's out of 100, but like, nah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit more weebier than that. But I don't know, I'll watch anime. I might get a Funko Pop once in a while. I might go to Comic Con. I don't have I don't have like those pillows. I think you guys know what pillows I'm talking about, like the pillows with the with the girls on them. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that into it. I'm just some guy who likes to talk about anime and like make ill-informed opinions and reviews and rant and try to help you go to sleep. Anyway, hopefully you guys are enjoying the rain. I know I'm trying to stay on subject with the anime, but. I'm trying to at least change the green at least every hour just to change it up or maybe 90 minutes we'll, we'll see so Trigun is a pretty cool story I'm not trying to get give away spoilers but uh, it's about 26 episodes long and the characters uh, let me just go over my, my criteria okay so the personal feels again middle schooler I I'm pretty sure it was like one of those angsty teens or maybe not angsty teens but one of those like uh, not emo, but you know, like those emotional teens, where it's just like, oh my god, I'm feeling all these things. Life, life is, life is terrible. I'm so confused, you know. Um, kind of actually resonated with Trigun, where this guy is trying. You know, he's got a sixty billion double do- downy bounty, and he's trying the best he can just to be a good guy, and the world is just not letting him. And it's just, it's a, I don't know, it's a very interesting and fairly, I don't want to say sad, but it, it is a very. It is a very deep type of anime, and those are the types of things that I like. It's more of a sci-fi, sci-fi action-ish, comedy-ish adventure. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's hard for me to label this particular show 
as blank, whatever. Um, it's a, it, I don't know. It's such a unique blend of like character, storytelling, plot. The animation is pretty solid, of course. It's Madhouse. The art style is okay. It's very dated, obviously, since since it's over twenty years old, but it's certainly watchable. The plot and story, it definitely goes, it changes episode to episode, but it's more, it, it, it follows the sequence. It's not, it's not episodic. Um, I mean, there are episodes, single episode adventures, but it's not an end-all be-all. Like, if something happens earlier, it might influence something down the road. So that's, for me, that's usually a key component in why, like, and what, and why I would rate, like, an anime a lot higher. Usually one-off shows that are more like, I don't want to say sitcoms or anime sitcoms, they certainly have their place. Um, and really good ones could certainly work their way up to be like, you know, number one material, don't get me wrong. But in the world of anime, that's just comedy anime. I don't know, just comedy animes are just, uh, they're pretty hard to find that, you know, that can actually translate from like the Western to Eastern types of comedy. There, they, there, there are a lot of barriers to overcome there. 22. Clonid After Story. Now, I think I said that right. Clonid or Clanid After Story. This is a sequel off of the original Clonid. Now, from what I understand, I actually did not watch Clonid because at the time, or Clonad, Clonad. I'm gonna double check this. It's Clonad. Okay, Clonad. Anyway, Clonad after story follows Clonad, the original story, which follows the life of, from what I've read, was a delinquent kid, um, goes through like life, high school stories, matures a little bit, blah blah blah, meets friends. What really is interesting is that Clannad After Story, or Clannad After Story, is follows up directly after that, and was easily. I, I think I put this as even though it's number twenty-two, it's probably my number one slice of life anime that has appeared on this list. And I don't really even need the you don't even need the background of Clannad. You're immediately taking into the lives of these particular people that. Uh, deal with certain stories, deal with certain, like, day-to-day, uh, I don't know, good, good things, I guess. Day-to-day stories. And it just follows the life of a guy that he just doesn't win. He tries his best to be a good person and overall, like, time, you know, time goes by and he starts losing the people that he loves, that, that he holds dear and he starts losing himself. And it's kind of a interesting journey of them building like the care like the main character up like how how he's grown to who he is and how he's dealt with the loss of you know particular people in his life and and just i don't know it's it's it's, it's a very interesting story of just either finding yourself or finding you know yeah finding yourself or finding what matters and for someone who me personally who just does i don't want to say whatever he feels like it but if I see something, I want to pursue it, and I want to go 100%. I'm not someone who really likes jobs. Uh, that's to say, I do work, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I, I consult and do all that. I'll, you know, I consult, I help other people. I just don't like having a particular boss. So, someone like me who's just trying to figure out, oh, what's the next thing I should do next? You know, what, what's the next thing that can help me in life or help me grow more money, become a better person, X, Y, Z. You know, these are open-ended questions, and we have to figure that stuff out. And you kind of watch this guy go through, go through his process of dealing with his grief. And as someone who's actually lost someone 
um, very dear in a few people, especially the last 18 months. Um, not, not to translate the reason why the ranking so high as to this, but um, but it certainly helped give me at least a grounded perspective of like, dude, like, life can suck at times. And I'm not saying all anime has to be great or happy, and Clannad After Story is a very happy anime, all things considered, and it's a pretty fun, pretty fun one, but um, it's... Yeah, maybe I'll just give us a brief synopsis from my anime list to better describe it. Clannad After Story, the sequel to the critically acclaimed Slice of Life anime series, Clannad, begins after Tomoya Akazaki and uh, Nisuka, last name, graduate from high school. Together, they experience the emotional roller coaster of growing up, unable to decide on a course of his future. Uh, Tomoya learns the value of a strong work ethic and discovers the strength of Nagisa's support. Through the couple's dedication and unity of purpose, they push forward to confront their personal problems, deepen their old relationships, uh, deepen their old relationships, and create new bonds. Time also moves on in the illustrate in the illusionary world, as the as the plane, planes grow cold and the approach of winter, the illusionary girl and the garbage doll are presented with a, with a difficult decision that reveals a world's true purpose. So, again, I'm really a big fan of this. It actually is rated 8.99 on the uh, my anime list, which is interesting because most of these anime that have been ranked, I ranked this first. I created the list, I threw all the anime on a keyword spreadsheet, and I just copy-pasted, I, I, I dragged them where I would, you know, prefer X anime over Y and came up with this whole list. And I, and I double-checked it, looked over it twice, and I feel like I'm very solid on this. Maybe with the exception of One Punch Man, but I think I might have hyped myself up too much while I was talking about it. But uh, Clannad After Story uh, was, like I said, number 22, and this is ranked number 14 on my anime list. So I don't actually, I'm actually pretty happy. I'm not even far, I'm not that far off to actually understanding, like, this is a legit... Uh, anime, which makes me feel good. Not that other people are right, but it actually makes me feel good that the reasons why are being justified. I want to quick give a short synopsis from person reviewer Lemon Lime about Clannad After Story. I laughed. I cried. I experienced something that changed my life. In a nutshell, Clannad After Story influenced the way I will live for the rest of my life and, and not just some half-half way like any other show would. It legitimately moved me to make certain decisions, for better or worse. In that sense, no other anime can compare, as no other way, as no other anime has provided an equivalent reaction on my part. Before you continue, you should know that Clannad After Story is a continuation of the story from Clannad and an adaptation from the original visual novel by Keith. Although knowledge of the first season is not necessary, it is highly recommended if you want to get the most out of the After Story as well in this review. That being said, this review is tailored to all readers and can be understood without knowledge of the first season. Note that there could be very minor spoilers. Now then, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Yes, I'm not going to get to the meat and potatoes. I'm just going to get to the meat and the potatoes. The concept of Clannad as is neither, tru- is, is neither truly unique or nor breathtaking, breathtakingly wonderful. What the viewer gets is watching is the story of, of a man. Nothing less than nothing more. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's almost like the Mike Judge of anime when I think about it, except it's a little bit more sad. Anyway. Actually, I do not... Okay, so I'm just going to keep pointing out certain highlights because this is like a 30-minute review. Holy cow. I take that back. 
I'm not going to go over this because I don't have 30 minutes to talk about this and neither do you want to spend 30 minutes of me rambling on. I learned very fast that I need to say, Clannad, the next one, the next one. Anyway. So, around the three hour mark and we're going to be moving on to number 23. If I can give a synopsis in five words or less, crazy girl, fuck shit up. That's pretty much the synopsis of this show. So, a real synopsis from a real professional writer, probably, um, on my anime list, describes the show for, um, setting as after the murder of her father, she eventually goes to some badass academy, which is a high school unlike any other. The academy is ruled by imposing and cold and cold-hearted student council president uh, Satsuki, I'm not going to say her last name, along with her powerful underlings, underlings, the elite four. In the school's brutally in the school's brutally competitive hierarchy, Satsuki bestows upon the, those at the top special clothes called Goku uniforms, which grant the power unique superhuman abilities to those that wear it. Thoroughly beaten in a fight against one of the students in uniform, Ryuku retreats to her raised home, where she stumbles upon Sen Senketsu, a rare and sentiment kumoi, or god clothes. After coming into contact with Ryuku's blood, Senketsu awakens, flashing onto her, providing her immense power. Now with Senketsu and the scissor blade, Ryuku makes a stand against the Elite Four, hoping to reach Satsuki and uncover the culprit behind her father's murderer once and for all. Okay, so, first of all, the reason why I'm sounding like I'm reading this directly is because I am freaking tired. And I'm going to take a little bit of a break after this one, but that's, despite, that's beside the point. The number, one, two, the number two reason why I sound a little bit, little bit tired and I'm just hard to, uh, it's hard to pronunciate these things is because my Japanese pronunciations aren't that good and I'm still recalling a lot of these names from years ago. And I'm trying to, uh, try to do it right the first time, but that's, that's the thing. Anyway, the really cool thing about this show is that it takes place in an, a bizarre universe where it's just dog-eat-dog -dog world, and only the strongest survive, and I don't know why all these kids have all these powers and, and, and the adults don't, but um, in this world, the kids with the strongest, quote-unquote, Goku uniforms that are made out of these special clothes um, gives you, like, the best, most power amazingness. And this girl, uh, Ryuko, Wait, I can't even say her name anymore. It's just trying to beat up everyone and just um, get stronger. And has all these plants and does all this crazy stuff. I also realized we're at the three-hour mark, and the rate that I'm going, I think this is going to go on for like 14 hours. So I'm going to try to be a little bit faster. I'm probably going to drop out the synopsises now that I think about it. So uh, actually, now that I think about it, I don't think it really matters. Most of you should be sleeping. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to try to put this in under 10 hours. Um, if not, well, I'm sorry, but we'll, we'll see if we can get there. Anyway, Kill a Kill. Uh, the big thing about the show, personal feels, I said there was a lot of hype, and I think it met the hype. The thing that most people are kind of going to give it, like, maybe a little bit of a lower score is that it might be thrown under the category of quote-unquote fan service. And for those of you who aren't familiar with fan service, it's essentially just softcore porn. You know, it's more or less if you can see, like, boobs or nakedness, but without the specific 
you know, uh, details, I would say, um, all frequently, like, throughout the anime, that's more or less a fan service. Like, just, it's just a way to say, like, I don't know, like, freaking hot girls or hot guys or something like that. So, um, there is a little bit, oh, there is a lot of that that's just incorporated. I don't know why, the, I get why they added it into the story. Um, part of the story is, uh, you know, Ryuku's, Ryuku's, uh, you know, strength is based off of how comfortable she is in her in her uh, magical outfit or her freaking ghost uniform or whatever it's called, her god clothes. The pacing of this anime is obscenely fast. It probably is on the same pace as uh, Fooly Cooly in regards to pacing and even style, stylistically. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. The animation itself, I think, was on a lower budget despite having a great art style. Uh, art style. The budget was used pretty, pretty, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, it, w- it was stretched pretty well, uh, creatively, uh, based off of, like, the fluid transitions and how they kind of save money on, like, some of the cutouts and certain animations. They've done it in a way to where it feels very unique and original to the world that's been presented. So I'm, that's as far as I'm going to go with, with regards to the art style, but uh, the characters themselves, they're all more or less one-dimensional. They all have a goal in mind, and it's just, can these people just do this goal? Um, there are some pretty unique and awesome twists as well in the anime with the plot points. I don't want to spoil it, but it is one heck of a ride if you just want to sit down, just watch some anime over a weekend. But I will say that if you do plan to watch this show, you might. This is probably, in my opinion, not a binge-worthy show in the sense of there is a lot that goes on in the show. Like, in a given episode, you feel like you watch three or four episodes all at once. So watching four or five in a row, you feel like you've just been thrown into a movie and then, like, two other movies. It's insane. So pacing, it's up to you to decide your pacing, but um, but this certainly holds a spot for my number 22. Just kidding. It's not number 22. It's my number 24. Is it 24? No, 23. Sorry, I have a thing here. Yeah, my number 23, Kill a Kill. Number 24, Desert Punk. Now, Desert Punk was a very interesting show when I initially watched it. Back in around, I like to say 2014? It was released in 2004 um, through through 2005. I never really watched it until the... uh, Well, until it was on Netflix. Or Funimation, one of those two shows. And it was just an interesting one-off show that you would think on the surface wouldn't be that good. I mean, the show itself is called Desert Punk, and if you go on my anime list, uh, it kind of looks like it's more of like in a pop post, like a pop apocalyptic, apocalyptic society uh, with not much going on, and you would be right. But the overall synopsis, just, uh, I'm just pulling this from my anime list, uh, it's set in the Great Kanto, the Great Kanto Desert, a sweltering wasteland of nothing but ruins and sand. And all that remains of the post pop delip. I can't speak. I just woke up. <laughs> Let me try this again. Is all that remains of post apocalyptic Japan. The once fair population has been left to cling to the inhospitable dunes for survival. At least, that is the case for normal people. For those who have spent a little too long in the Kanto sun, the desert offers a wondrous opportunity for those to make a name for themselves. One such person is a math handyman. Desert Punk, also known as uh, Sunubozu, or that's how they pronounce it in Japanese. 
who has forged a legendary reputation for fighting or for always finishing his jobs, no matter the nature or cost. Cunning and ruthless, he has become a force of crude, force of crude destruction to the other desert people. However, the vixen of the desert, Junko, discovers that desert punk is not about with it, is not without his weaknesses, and is easily swayed by his insatiable lust for large-breasted desert babes. Following their chaotic adventures through the Kanto Desert, Desert Punk features a bizarre cast of personalities who entertain themselves with senseless violence and perversion in a world long destroyed by their forefathers. And just like them, they have not learned a damn thing. So, this show, if, if you like the cut of a jib of more of a uh, Seinfeld or a Curb Your Enthusiasm, probably It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, that type of vibe, if you like those types of shows, then this is probably going to be the anime for you. It's, uh, it's like I said, it's, it's a one-off anime. It actually has a score of a 7.49, and the reason why I'm rating this very high in the 24 spot is primarily due to its uh, personal feels and impact during the time when I watched it. And that was the time where I recently, my wife and I recently just moved out of uh, a very terrible neighborhood into only a pretty terrible neighborhood and it was the first apartment where her and I actually uh, got to live together and it was great to <laughs> kind of just enjoy life while you know you, you know there's always like a sense of pretty sketch sketchy stuff going on outside and it kind of just made us laugh to look at a show that's just as absurd as kind of our life at that time and you know, I was like what 20s this has got to be five years ago yeah I was like in my late 20s 27 28 during this um, during all this, and and I don't know. For for me, it's just uh, it's pretty cool to be watching shows or you know be watching something that directly influences kind of or it's kind of like parallel with what you're kind of dealing with, not verbatim, but kind of the overall feel and style of the particular show or message that you're reading, and the personal taste. The overall style of the show is a mix of like parody. It's a mix of comedy and action and adventure it, it's not supposed to take itself seriously it's it's almost episodic but it does have a semi-flow to it with a I guess that score of 7.49 it's not ranked highly out of all the anime out there despite it being that score it's ranked it's popular it's ranked as a rank number is 1716 so there are a lot of quote unquote better anime out there according to this my anime list the popularity is outside of the top thousand. It's almost at eleven hundred with the rank of one thousand eighty-two. So it is a very unknown anime. And most of the other ones, when I say it's unknown to an extent or underrated, it's more so like a general fan base understands that an anime exists and they might have watched it, or they're more aware that they need to watch it. And this is probably the first anime where I can probably say a majority of people have not watched this, and it's probably not on anyone's radar. But there are so many anime out there. Like, how do you pick? Uh, so, so that's a uh, desert punk. The plot and story. I mentioned that it's everyone's in a post-apocalyptic world, more or less, a wasteland where everyone beforehand just treated the earth like crap, and it became crap, and now everyone lives in a society where it is crap. So, um, but it's like it's them trying to, you know, do all these adventures, finish these jobs, in complete nonsense, nonsensical. Now the characters, there's only three, I would say, main characters. It's like Desert Punk, Junko, and there's like some pink-haired pink girl. 
I don't know her name, and I'm not going to bother to try to pull the name. The concept itself is pretty different. I am a big uh, lover of, like, more of the wasteland apocalyptic slash, like, uh, you know, lawless type of movies. Uh, because that's where the most shenanigans happens, and that's where you can actually go beyond the realm of, like, oh, this person shot someone, so why don't you call the cops? Well, in this world, anything goes, and you always have to be on points, like the survival of the fittest, the Hunger Games types of, or, you know, those types of things where, uh, where you know, lives are at stake, more or less. Uh, those are the types of shows, I guess, um, that tend to strike me a little bit more. Um, you know, if I'm watching a show to a comedy and just think and laugh, that's got its place, and some of those shows actually do appear. But for other shows that... Uh, the arts comedy, as I always prefer, or the sci-fi action sports drama. Number 25, My Hero Academia. I love My Hero Academia. The reason why I have it placed in number 25, despite my actually big like admiration towards the show, is that it's a shonen anime that's still continuing to develop. And there are currently about, I'm going to pull this up on my anime list, Currently, they are, I believe there are three seasons, and it says there are 13 episodes seen, which is kind of weird, uh, but there are three seasons, and I want to say there are about 50-plus episodes currently, and the current rank of the show, uh, I mean, it's popularity overall, it's number 14. It is probably the mo- most hyped show next to One Punch Man at the moment. So, if you haven't heard of My Hero Academia, it's my probably number one go-to anime if you wanted to get into anime right now. It's kind of, you know, all the tropes of anime, all shonen stuff, everything's pretty much fresh and new in this show. So, if you want to watch it, that's awesome. Um, but, essentially, to give you a quick background of My Hero Academia, it's a show based in a world where everyone has a quirk, uh, and it's more so a superpower. Like, it's your superhero ability, but they call it the quirks. And where it's set, it, at this point, the amount of people that get have quirks has been increasing to where about 80% of humanity has a uh, unique ability from manipulation to shape-shifting to, you know, anything, pretty much. So this means, like, the 20% of the remaining world is powerless, and our hero, in this case, uh, Midoriya, is such the guy. So it follows the story of him just always wanted to be a hero, always looking up to his friends, or so-called friends, that had powers, and uh, that's, all he, that's all he wanted. Unfortunately for him, after he found out that no matter what he did, or what he tried, or no matter how many notes he looked up to with his superheroes, that uh, that he his quirk was never going to appear. And it seems like it was not going to happen, and eventually he runs into the number one hero, um, all Might, and his quirk and unique ability can actually be inherited, and he, there goes all this stuff, and it's more or less, he ends up becoming, like, t- using his, or taking his, uh, superhero ability. I don't want to say taking, All Might gives, uh, Midoriya his ability. And, I don't want to dive too much into the show, specifically outside of that background, but you follow him in his journey to become a hero, like, how he meets friends, and how he actually grows as a human, and, and like, how, how, how he, he has to fight with himself to believe in like his philosophies and what he needs to do to become the number one hero. So, super cool show. There's only about three seasons, and 
since it's a show in most of these shows can be about 500 episodes so it's a little bit too early for me to say like this is the number one show of all time because it could literally turn terrible there's another show that I will mention and it's probably going to be at the very end because it happened for that very reason and not going to spoil it but you guys might know what it is but for now here at My Hero Academia it's number 25 the concept really isn't out of it isn't too fresh I mean I think there are like three or four current animes out here that talk about heroes, as is like One Punch Man. Uh, that's the only person, that's the one that came off the top of my head, and I'm pretty sure there are going to be a lot more that have been coming out in the last recent seasons of the anime release, and I don't know how that system works, but there's a lot of shows. Uh, and and it's just how, the, how they execute characters and how much, I don't know, the storyline is very engaging and the fight scenes and the sequences are top tier, if you're to ask me. But you're not asking me, I'm just telling you, so you just have to believe it. <laughs> That's my podcast. I do what I want. Joking aside, 26. Gurren Lagan or Gurren Lagan. Gurren Lagan. One of those. I know one of them is the correct pronunciation. I'm going to stick with Gurren Lagan. Gurren Lagann, I randomly watched on Netflix after hearing from, I don't know, random anime communities, friends, and other anime lovers outside of the internet, that it was a show I needed to watch. And what striked me is that when I initially watched it on Netflix, it felt like it was a, I don't know, early 2000s show with top-tier animation um, with a very gritty feel. And it turns out it was released in the spring of 2007, which is very... Like I said, threw me for a loop because when I watched this series, it was about five years ago. So it had to be 2014, 2015-ish. And that wasn't too long ago. That would have been eight years after the initial release when I watched it. So that is fairly new, especially in the anime world. Now, this is number 26, I believe, that I put on my list. Yes, 26. You can see I'm losing, losing track here. So this is number 26 on my list, mainly... Because while I, very, it is critically acclaimed that this anime is this shit. But uh, for me personally, it's an anime I thoroughly enjoyed. I enjoyed watching. It was a really awesome experience. But just when it comes to the personal feels and the impact it had, it just wasn't there uh, for me personally. So, um, and like I said, that does like does weigh a lot, especially if you're someone going and you know if you're. If you have a similar life flow, I guess. If you're if you having if you're living a similar similar life current currently to me, similar lifestyle, then you might like this show based on just how I'm talking, and I don't know, you might have similar con- like similar similarities. Anyway, aside from the personal feels, the personal taste, uh, it was it's a mix. It's more of an action sci-fi anime, it's a sci-fi fantasy anime, uh, sci-fi and, and that stuff is fine. Uh, the mecha part, and this is my personal opinion, but I am not a fan of mecha. Uh, I don't want to say at all. Obviously, Garmogan is up in 25, but it is very rare for me to like a pure mecha anime. Uh, it's just when it comes to robots fighting and all that, you know, it's. I am a more of a like sports human, like human element fighting. Like there's a real person, there's like real loss, not. And I know people can be in those you know, uh, robots and whatnot, but it's just, for me, it's just not the same, and I know that is a very, either unpopular or just that I'm on, like, the minority part there, but Mecha doesn't do it, 
Um, this anime has an awesome blend of like character development. You spend more time with the characters and how they develop and how the world is inter- how the world interacts with a problem at hand. And the mechas are more or less the actual battle sequences that don't take up too much time. And uh, it, for me, that's that's great because um, when the fights do matter, then the fights you know you're actually invested in the fights, and it's not just two robots fighting. It's you know it's the embodiment of those people. And, and maybe that could be the biggest flaw of why I don't like Mecha, is that maybe most Mechas are not done right. Well, maybe I'll create a video of that some, sometime down the road. The artistic style of Garn Lagan, it has a bit of... I don't know, it just feels like you're watching... I can't say real life, but it feels really authentic with the style. They have the standard like anime shading, you know, people look like standard anime characters to an extent, um, but how it's drawn, you know, the world isn't bright. It's it's a little bit dimmer. The animation's very fluid and it's just a smooth feeling show. The plot and story and characters all just do all of that at one point. Or use that as one point, talking point. The overall story behind it is essentially just a bunch of underground people. Uh, one guy in particular just wants to is wondering why we have to live in the underground and then like I think something happens the underground world like almost collapses it opens up and they realize oh we can actually exist in the outside world and they run into this girl and then this whole becomes into this one big like crazy mecha um, mecha-ish type of show um, where they explore the world and they figure out like why is no one living on the surface and they that the I don't know they're, they're just trying to save humanity at that point it's a very very cool show it gets very crazy very fast and yeah, it's 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 a very complete show. On my anime list, they gave it an eight point seven two with a rank of thirty nine, of like their favorite anime, and a popularity of twenty seven. Very, like I said, very, very well performing anime, um, in public perception and both like the quality of the show. What's interesting to me is when I initially Googled, uh, you know, Garlagon, and I realized. I'm going to pull this up one more time. So I realized that I think the biggest reasons why it was so popular is that it's both on Netflix and Hulu. So I probably should have done this with all the other anime, too, that are pretty hype um, at the moment. But unless, but I feel like if you're on a major network, like, I don't know, Adult Swim, or US, you know, you're on a TV network, you're, you're good with certain shows, depending on how big the network is. But if you're just going to be strictly on Funimation or one streaming service that... It, that that handcuffs you from showing up on major networks like Hulu and Netflix. So, for example, Desert Punk is an amazing anime, like, to me. Um, was it on Netflix? No. Was it on Hulu? Probably not. Well, there you go. Uh, it, that show's only gotten, like, 1%, or not 1%, like, maybe 5% of the, mar- you know, of, the, of the market that is aware of it. Uh, if that makes sense. I know I tend to rabble. Moving on, though. Number 27. Initial D. This is a pretty cool show. Overall, it's mainly about street, base, street racing. That is it. It's a street racing show. Uh, but, the whole, but the whole dynamic around the show is based off of this one kid. Uh, I think Takumi, that's his name. He's pretty much a spacey, aloof high schooler that 
mainly just does delivery runs with his dad's like Toyota AE86 at the dead of the night. So he just drives in the morning, just does, it, does his deliveries. Despite working at the gas station and having friends who are car nuts, he doesn't know a single thing about cars. So he's just the spacey guy who just thinks, eh, I'm just doing my job, living life. Uh, and Takumi is introduced in the world of street racing when his natural talent draws attention from all across Gunma. Will, will Takumi face the challenges or back out from Call of the Mountain Passes? So think of Tokyo Drift, people going down downhill, mountain, mountain driving. And it was done brilliantly where this for, for like the introduction of the characters and the storytelling uh, you would think just you would think that the storyline wouldn't go that far but of course we do have a Fast and Furious series and all these car you know car series so I guess there is some validity to it as I'm speaking out loud the show the reason why I really love this show is that there are I think over 50 to 100 episodes and at the time I watched it is when I began watching anime again around seven or eight years ago and or you know, you know like yeah and and the fact that the first stage is what they call it um there's set other stages which are more of the seasons but considering at the time of the release was in 1998 or older show that didn't have great animation or you know, i would say not animation but great uh, art quality the the driving portion was probably my favorite part of the show. Uh, the races and how like and how they're thinking and going down the mountain and and trying to find ways to best each other and how there are different strategies. And the show does expand. It's not like the same mountain and the same guy going. It does expand into other characters and different worlds and people that were initially enemies become friends. And then it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty cool show. That's just how I can describe it. It's just cool. And. The fact that, like I said, it's just an off-random beat show um, that has a lot of popularity. Maybe it could be the Netflix effect. But with a score of an 8.3, ranks it number 245 on my anime list with this popularity at number 700. Again, it's not terribly low, but uh, this is a pretty popular show that did not get a lot of hype when it was released. It kind of just sits in Netflix, or I don't know where it's at right now. But if you like racing, or if you just wanted to just be entertained, this is just a, this is a solid show for anyone who even just wants to have a background noise. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. The I will say there are some drawbacks if you're looking for like personal development or character development. Uh, it's really the same. Like it seems like the whole world tends to change, but the, but uh, Takumi kind of does. The only difference between him is that he doesn't take racing seriously, and then he just starts taking racing seriously. That's And, uh, and that's it. There's not really much. And I don't want to give away spoilers, but uh, he is a beast. So, this one, let's see. I'm looking at some of the background games. There, yeah, there is a second stage, of course, and then yeah, I'm just going to go on, because I know it tends to be long-winded. But, if you like the anime, 26 episodes for the first series, and I believe all the other stages are about 26 episodes. You can binge watch it. Uh, there should be no problem with you binge watching it in dubbed. But overall, I think the later episodes, they still release new episodes, and I think it's still going. Um, so every, maybe every five years or whatever, or every year, just check to see if they have like a new dub or a new, new stage, and all the stages flow easily. So 
And I'm talking about the series as a whole, not just the first stage. But the whole thing's great. Number 28. Hina Matsuri. Now, normally I would have spent two minutes trying to pronounce Hina Matsuri. But, God, I love this anime. This is 12 episodes. Wait, yes, 12 episodes. I actually went on my anime list and said it was a masterpiece. This is probably next to Gintama. And yeah, maybe Psyche. No, 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 this is better than Psyche. But, um, next to Gintama. This is the hands-down funniest like, comedic show, anime show that I've watched. Where most quote-unquote anime comedies tend to lose, like, tr translations from, like, Eastern to Western, like, translations where, like, I don't know why, but, like, J Japan has this fascination with making jokes about how they pronounce their own words and puns, which obviously will not translate to the States. Um, and that, I don't know, like, those types of jokes, you know, lose that comedic umph overall, where Kino Matsuri, it's all situational, it's, it's all situational humor. Uh, the synopsis about this, more or less, is... Uh, follows the life of a Yokozuna member. Um, goes by the name of Nita, and he's just—he's generally, even though he's a gang member, a little, little bit of a scumbag. He generally is, tries to be a nice guy. He's a decent human being, despite his position. He, his world ends up being rudely interrupted when a large, peculiar capsule suddenly materializes and falls on his head. He opens the capsule to reveal a young, blue-haired blue girl who doesn't divulge anything about herself but her name, Hina, and the fact that she possesses immense powers. As if things couldn't get any worse, she loses control and unleashes an explosion of her powers. Uh, if, uh, explosion if her powers remain unused. Faced with no other choice, Nita finds herself becoming her caregiver. To let her use her powers freely, Nita asks Hina to help her out with a construction deal, which goes smoothly. But while this is happening, a rival Yakuza group hurriedly attacks his boss. To Nita's shock, his colleagues later pin the blame on him. Tasked with the attack. Tasked with attacking the rival group in retaliation, Nita steals himself and arrives in their hideout. And suddenly, Hida unexpectedly steps in and helps him wipe out the entire group. As it turns out, Hida might become a valuable asset to Nita and his Yakuza business, provided she does not use her powers on him first. And so, the strange life of this unusual duo begins. It's more or less, I would say this is a bit of a slice-of-life anime. These are the types of anime that I have actually been drawn more into recently is that more of the adult themes, like when you're dealing with jobs, you're kind of de dealing with life, and not so much like the high school stuff, which is still pretty interesting, but just not my uh, not my cup of tea these days. Uh, this is a pretty absurd, hilarious anime, where it's you follow the life of this girl who does not in Nita, um, and she is learning to adjust into society. She has no social skills, she doesn't know anything, and... Over time, like she'll, st and over time she starts to learn. She starts to grow, but it's it's a very slow process, and and it's I don't know, it's great. Uh, the interactions that she has with like, with her classmates and and Nita and the other cast, top tier. The, the the comedic timing on a lot of these jokes is just based off of of either the situation itself or it, it actually it's all based on the situations um and like social situations and i don't know i got i got a big like uh i don't know if you guys watch fraser but fraser i get hints of fraser on this show um mixed with like more of the absurdity absurdity of life it's nuts
that's all I can go into right now without giving away like any major plot points. Um, there is another character in the show, and I totally forgot her name, some blonde girl, which is actually Hino's uh, friend or something. There's like I'm pretty sure there's a bigger storyline. Um, there's only 12 episodes on the show, so I don't think I mentioned that. Where you kind of see the difference between like this this girl, this blonde girl who was terrible, who's kind of like Hina, and then Hina itself, and the blonde girl learns to become like a very very awesome human being. Um, you know, appreciates life while Hina, since her uh, since she is with a yakuza member. <laughs> Uh, she her, her growth is a little bit slow, but um, like I said, hilarious. Overall, the score was an 8.32, ranked 224 with a popularity of 414. Now, I'm not too surprised at these numbers considering it was released last spring, in the spring of 2018. The Considering it's still a top 500 anime and a pretty solid score of 2.24, uh, it's I think it's primed if it has another season, if it keeps it up. This would probably be a top 10, a top 5 anime, if it keeps going. Like, that's how much I love it. It just needs to put in a little bit more awesomeness. Number 29, Eden of the East. This is a very different show, different anime, I should say, compared to all the other ones that I've ranked pretty high. The the setting is based in, oh, well, I'll just start here, on November 22, 2010. Japan was hit by missile strikes, a terrorist act that fortunately did not harm anyone, becoming known as Careless Monday. Quickly, quickly forgotten, society goes on about their lives as normal. During her graduation trip to America three months later, friendly college student Saki Morimi's uh, life is forever changed when she finds herself saved from an unexpected uh, from an unexpected trouble by Akira Takazawa. Takazawa is cheerful, but in odd in many ways. He is stark naked and suffers from amnesia, believing himself to be a terrorist. Uh, in addition, possesses a strange self loaded with 8.2 billion yen in digital cash. Despite Takazawa's suspicious traits, Saki quickly befriends the enigmatic young man. However, unbeknownst to her, this is the beginning of a thrilling death game involving, many, uh, involving money, cell phones, and the salvation of the world. The chronicles Saki's struggle to unravel the mysteries behind her savior while Takazawa finds or battle, himself battles other individuals, other individuals armed with similar cell phones and returning memories which reveal his, possible, his, his possible connections to the event from three months ago. So yeah, that's a little bit of like a mind F of a show where this guy is trying to figure out who he is and he's like, yeah, some naked guy that wakes up with 8 billion yen and this girl ends up befriending him in this funny, weird situation and this goes through these series of ventures, and, and as things in the world keep progressing, he starts getting more information about what happened three months ago, why he was like why he was amnesia and all that. Uh, there is eleven episodes to this series and a movie, and I'm including the movie as part of the the anime as a whole. And I probably shouldn't do that, but I'm doing it anyway uh, because. Again, when it comes to the storyline flow, this was one of the earlier uh, shows that I've watched on Netflix when I picked up anime again. So that's kind of the, one of the bigger reasons why I very, like, very, very much like the show. Um, but the plot itself, for me, it was a very interesting plot point as well, and I love different concepts that just drive an interest. And luckily, the show didn't go off pace. I think it started out kind of slowish. Not super slow. It's just slow-ish. And it picks up very fast, I think, after, like, second episode. With only 11 episodes in the series, 
you, your show does need to pick up very fast. And this was, just looking at the awards too, it won the Animation Kobe Award in the television category during the Animation Kobe Festival in 2019, as well as the Best Television Series of the Year Award at the 9th Annual Tokyo International Anime Fair. So, again, I really love this show. What surprises me is that the score here is at 7.91, ranked 701, uh, with a popular popularity of 190. So despite actually it being fairly popular, and it, I recall it being on Netflix, and I don't think it's a coincidence, and again, I'm going to keep saying this, I don't think it's a coincidence that Netflix and Hulu, having those distribution rights on both of those, if you're someone in Japan that happens to be listening, or someone who has power to make these decisions, just look at these trends. It seems like all the more popular shows, yes, anime fans will find a way to watch it, don't get me wrong, but some ways they're going to pay for it illegally, or not pay for it at all. So you might as well just put it on the mediums where people are paying for it. Anyway. Popularity is 190. And the, I don't know, the overall show is, it has a real, it has a sense of realism. It, it's not too zany. Like some parts are zany-ish, but it's within the realm of like, it's, a, it's within the realm of reality based off of the constraints that the anime world set in this show. And I know some people are probably going to be like, oh, what does that mean? It just means that in certain anime shows, if there's, like, ridiculous, crazy, like, eyes that pop out or do all that stuff, that's probably going to be the vibe you're going to get the whole time. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Whereas, uh, Eden of the East, the characters are drawn more real-ish. Uh, their, their features aren't as, exa- as exaggerated as much, and more emphasis is focused on the world around them. Despite the characters having a unique sense of, like, uh, have, have a unique look to them, but I digress. Moving on. Number 30. Free Life. This was a very interesting anime that I ran into the Funimation app about a couple years ago. Let me pull this up on my anime list. And what's interesting about this show, and it's pretty highly rated too, an 8.13 for a one-season show with about 13 episodes. So if you do notice, there are a lot of like shows in the 10 to 22, 25 range in like the top, I guess, 30, 40. So you're probably going to start hearing a lot more of those uh, continuing. Anyway, Real Life is about, well, it's pretty much about a 27-year-old guy who, even though he was dismissed as a hopeless loser by those around him, uh, Arata Kazuki. Yeah, I said that, yeah, Kazuki. Arata Kazuki bounces around from one job to another after quitting his first company. His unremarkable existence takes a sharp turn when he meets Ryu uh, Yoki. 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 That's it. A member of the Real Life Research Institute who offers Arata the opportunity to change his life for the better with the help of a mysterious pill. No, it's not Viagra. No, it's not... Uh, I don't know. I had some other joke. Couldn't think of any time. I'm not going to edit this out. Taking it without a second thought, Orto awakens the next day to find that his appearance has reverted to that of a 17-year-old. He soon learns that he's part, of, he, he's part of a unique experience that he must attend high school as a transfer student for one year. Though he initially believes it will be a cinch due to his superior life experience, Arda has proven horribly wrong in his first day. He flunks all of his tests, completely out of shape. He can't even keep up with the new school policies that have cropped up over the, up over the last 10 years. Furthermore, 
Ryu has been assigned, or Ryu, that guy we met, has been assigned to observe him, bringing Arata endless annoyance. The show follows his struggle to adjust his new hectic lifestyle and avoid repeating his past mistakes, all while slowly discovering more about his fellow classmates. This show, I believe this is perfectly placed at number 30. I can't place it any higher or any lower compared to all the other shows, just strictly due to the fact that this is probably the most relatable show that I have ever watched in in the sense in the lens of someone like me you know uh, I think at the time I watched it it was you know, summer 2016 so yeah it was about three years ago when I watched it two or three years ago and that's around the time where you know it starts off in a 27 year old guy and he goes back to high school trying to figure out who he is or like what he did wrong or maybe or maybe like he you know he's just some guy trying to find himself and for someone like me and probably a lot of other people out there um, you might even be listening or sleeping or trying to sleep or if you're somehow still awake I, I appreciate it but you know try to get some shut eye or God forbid listen to this during the day don't do that or just pause when you think you're about to I don't know I'm rambling on point being is I think a lot of us think a lot about life a lot of us think about where we want to go where, you know, what are we doing and some of us always like I don't want to say like to, but some of us just tend to dwell on mistakes. And it's these mistakes that prevent us from growing and and potentially losing a part of us if we don't fight for what we believe in. And more or less, the story picks up from where this guy left off, leaves off. Um, you know, after being, after quitting his job, and you'll find out why he quits his job and all that, like, and how and how he got to that point. But it's it's a very real it's a very real show, and this guy is struggling to find himself so again for me very relatable despite the fact that it is a very good show there is only 12 episodes and there are some flaws in the show do not get me wrong my personal taste is more of a drama this is more this is more of a drama slash slice of life show which i do have uh you know i do like that i do love other anime ranks obviously if you've listened i don't know i don't know what i'm doing but the artistic style is pretty new. The animation's pretty fresh. This isn't a very action-oriented show, but the show really picks up with its dialogue and its and more of its plot, plot, uh, plot devices, not plot devices, just its plot in general and its general storylines throughout each episode. Each episode, despite being episodic, does have a very significant flow on how um, you know our main guy. Um, operates in the real world. There is, there, there are some cool twists, and I can't say anything about that without spoiling it. Um, I believe there are also, I think, a couple OVA episodes that are in sub, and I have not watched that, and I'm only sticking with the 12 or 11 episodes that were released. 13 episodes, sorry. 13 episodes that were released. I mentioned it's ranked 405 with a popularity of 115. Again, I think that's actually higher than I thought it would be just strictly being on Funimation I could be wrong on that distribution it could have, could have been somewhere else oh Crunchyroll that's why it's on Funimation and Crunchyroll so it's on both moving on number 31 Cowboy Bebop I am pretty sure a majority of people here have heard of Cowboy Bebop at some capacity I'm not going to dive into the synopsis specifically I'm going just to talk about the show itself 
but like on the grand scheme. Now, Cowboy Bebop was a show that was released, I believe, in 2001, which was great for me. High school time, at night, I was able to watch anime and Adult Swim. That was the show. That was also a show, and I'm going to dive in my anime list and just give the background So, of the show. Cowboy Bebop was first aired in the spring of 1988 on TV Tokyo. It only aired episodes 2, 3, 7 through 15, and 8. It concluded with a recap special known as Yos Atsume Blues. This was due to the anime censorship having increased following the big controversies over uh, Evangelion uh, as a result of the most of the series being pulled from the air due to violent content. Eventually, the biggest, you know, it didn't really do too crazy initially, but uh, the biggest influence it did have was in the United States when it premiered on Adult Swim 2001. And it's always been a fan favorite. They always show reruns. You can watch it on Funimation. It's everywhere. The show's heavy Western influence struck a chord with American viewers where it became a gateway drug to anime aimed at adult audiences. Again, this is just a very cool anime. I might give this a rewatch one more time. There, this does have a lot of replayability. Uh, this I would consider this as a show is just watch it every three, three to five years just to see how things change. It's not a huge dedication of time. Uh, it's ranked number 28 on my anime list. Very close to my number 31, personally. Uh, with a score of an 8.82. Popularity is number 38. It was 38 most popular anime, according to the site. So it, it's been around for a while. Initially released in 1998. Initially released in 1998. Uh, it was in 2001 is when it became the dubbed English version. The cast of the crew, everyone is a unique personality from Spike to Faye Valentine to Ed to everyone. Uh, they all have their unique past, their unique stories and you more or less just follow the life of these guys. And it's, it's awesome. It's just, well, it's just well done. I almost want to keep going and talking more about it, but thanks um, to rewatchability, awesome. Personal taste, it's more of a sci-fi it's, it's a sci-fi, I can't say slice of life, because it's, it's a sci-fi adventure like, comedy type show. The, I mentioned the concept uniqueness at the time of the show, I mean, it's just a freaking cool show. People travel to Mars, it's like, it's, it's a regular thing. The animation was done incredibly well. That's one thing that, despite what people say about the art, the art quality might be dated, uh, even though, at, even still now, it, it's fairly possible. The animation is top tier between like the fight sequences, the the battle sequences, and like the spaceships, or even just interactions, regular interactions. It's just crisp, pristine. It's almost like watching a real life movie just in cartoon form. There is a movie that came out with it as well. Now, obviously, not including it, but Cowboy Bebop deserves. Looks at the number. Cowboy Bebop deserves the number 31 slot. It could be ranked a little bit higher pending a rewatch. I'm just going based off of what I remember, what I like, the happy feelings, and all the, all the things I just mentioned. Moving on to number 32 Psycho Pass. This is a pretty popular show among newer anime fans and older fans alike. It was released in fall of 2012 with 22 episodes. Popularity, 
uh, the 33, 33rd most popular anime to date on my anime list, with a score of an 8.43, having it ranked at 146th among all anime on Psychopaths. Or sorry, on my anime list. Luckily, it was number 32 on my personal list. It pretty much follows justice and the enforcement of it. It's change. Since the 22nd century, Japan enforces the civil system. The civil, I almost said civil. It's civil. S-I-B-Y-L. We call it civil system. An objective means of determining the threat level of each citizen by examining their mental state for signs of criminal intent, known as their psychopaths. Inspectors uphold the law by subjugating, often with lethal force, anyone harboring the slightest of ill will. Alongside, with them, alongside them are enforcers, jaded inspectors that have become latent criminals, granted relative freedom in exchange for carrying out the inspector's dirty work. Into this road steps Akame, oh, last name I'm not, not going to say, a young woman with an honest desire to uphold justice. However, as she works alongside veteran enforcer Shina Kagami, she soon learns that the civil system adjustments are not as perfect as her fellow inspectors assume. With everything she has known turn on its head, Akane wrestles with the question of what justice really is, and whether it can be upheld through the use of a system that already may be corrupt. The overall execution of this show, and the synopsis, hopefully I said it in a way that, that makes sense, the synopsis is more or less. They're replacing human judgment with these guns. And, and they can look at people and say, hey, you look like you're about to commit a crime or there's a lot of intent in your head that's not right. That's not good. And if it senses that your body language, like, hey, I see something bad, I'm going to freak out, well, then the gun will shoot you based off of your, well, based off of your psychopath level. So if you're just kind of distraught, you get shot with it, you just might be trained, you know, you might be knocked out. If you are murdering people in public or you're doing all that stuff and it sees you as a huge threat, well, you get shot with a gun, you explode. Now, in the personal feels category, that's probably the reason why I rate, probably I rated the show a little bit higher than, uh, no, that's, I don't say a little higher than it should. I mean, it's perfectly placed. But I'm giving it a lot more points to its personal feels. The storyline itself is also super good. Uh, and I think it's just the whole philosophy of, like, what, of answering what is justice and having this, you know, protagonist go and try to figure out her version of justice and try to fight to figure out, like, why the system is wrong. And for me, someone who likes to question a lot of things, that's not to say... I am always going to say no to something that's always, that, that's a fact. You know, I like, to, if someone says, hey, the world's flat, and I know I'm going to dive into something stupid here and don't even bother commenting on it. Um, but, say the world's flat. It's like, oh, you know, you tell me that, I, and I didn't know that, if I didn't know any better, I would say, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm open to hearing, and then I can look out of, of a plane and see that it's curved, and I say, well, that's, that's it. It's not. End of story. No more discussion. Okay, move on. That's kind of how I that's kind of how I operate. It's just I like to, I like to poke and push the needle. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit of a troll. I'm not gonna lie, but nothing. I like to test things that no one else really tests in the same vein because you don't know if it's gonna work or not. Like, what's the point of trying if you don't work? You can't say you can't say something that's not gonna work or this based off of a notion of absolutely nothing. If you use it based off of previous information that says 80,000 80, people failed doing this. And here's why. Well, then, you know, that's more conclusive. But to say, no one's ever done this and it's going to be bad, that is asinine. It doesn't make any sense. So, 
with that, how it relates to Psychopaths for me is the ability to question what the standard is. I think that is more important for me in like in her discovering that hey, like things aren't right, and we we get to see that. That for me is <clears throat> super cool. Now, the series does have 22 episodes. It is ranked pretty high, uh, 146 with a score of 8.43, and a very po- it's a very popular show, number 33. I might have mentioned that before, but I have policy. Why not? But it has two seasons, and I believe the first season... I'm, I'm basing it off of both seasons, Psychopaths, I believe. Uh, the first season and the second season are separate. If not, super apologize. Released in fall of 2012. I watched this when it came out uh, on Netflix. And I don't think I watched it in 2013. I think I watched it like a few years ago. Several years ago. Number 33. And boy, I'm going to hear a lot from this one. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Now I say that because I pulled it up on my anime list, and I thought it was a pretty good anime. Definitely worthy of 33. Just not a personal preference overall. Just a very enjoyable anime. I look, uh, my anime list. It is ranked number one. Popularity, number four. The fourth most popular anime of all time, apparently. With a score of a 9.24. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So... Some of you might be confused if you're not into the anime scene, but the full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood was a more relatable sequel, or I would say a uh, rehash, maybe? Or a do-over of the original Full Metal Alchemist. The Full Metal Alchemist was made, and I believe they followed it, to the, they followed the manga a little bit, but then they like went way off. And it was fine at all in all of itself, but... The Brotherhood is what a lot of people love. But, um, in case you're unfamiliar with it, the story is more related to just two brothers. They're, they're in a role that has alchemy, which means they have the ability to turn materials into anything. And they try to take, they try to get the materials back from, like, their mom. Or their mom passed, they try to create the materials to recreate her, bring her back to life. It was horribly wrong. One of them has, uh, you know, because of that, one of them lost their body, and they're, like, now in a shape of a, a big metal man, and the other one lost an arm and a leg. I believe arm. Um, maybe both. In regards to personal feels, I enjoyed it a lot. It wasn't, I wouldn't say, very impactful in my life. I was very familiar with the brand or the, uh, an- the anime beforehand. It was released in spring of 2009, and I think I got around to watching it in... 2015. So, like, that probably played a little bit with portion and why, like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's really cool, and uh, the anime talks more about, like, the philosophy of the law of, well, more, I would say, in, the, in this world, it's the law of covalent exchange, where you put something in, you have to have an equal output out. So, um, I think that's, that, that philosophy itself, uh, with it, that, I mean, it's seen throughout the anime. I always, I always thought that was pretty interesting. It's like, hey, we always have to follow these rules, but then when they talk about humans and souls, like what happens when you open up like Pandora's box, and it's you know, like all these stages of nonsense. The overall, let's see, artistic style. It, I mean, it's a pretty well done anime. It looks like a, you know, I want to say generic anime. Like the animation's pretty fluid. The character designs solid. Um, I, you know, you, if I look at it, I would say, oh, that's an anime. They're dressed, you know, they look like anime people. The 
concept uniqueness. Like I said, it's a pretty interesting anime. I want to. The, the premise is fairly unique. The concept of equivalent exchange, where you put out what you put in, kind of that, kind of that idea, isn't new, but it is done in a pretty awesome way. But if you are new to the party, here's a nice synopsis that was offered, thanks to the wonderful people at my anime list. In order for something to be obtained, something of equal value must be lost. Alchemy is bound by this law of equivalent exchange, something the young brothers Edward and Alphonse Eldrick only realized after attempting human transmutation, the one forbidden act of alchemy. They pay a terrible price for their transgression. Edward loses his left leg, Alphonse his physical body. It is only by the desperate sacrifice of Edward's right arm that he is able to affix Alphonse's soul into the suit of armor. Devastated and alone, it is the hope that they would both eventually return to their original bodies that gives Edward the inspiration to obtain, to obtain mental limbs called Automail and become a state alchemist. The full metal alchemist. Three years of searching later, the brothers seek the Philosopher's Stone, a mythical relic that allows an alchemist to overcome the law of equivalent exchange. Even with military allies Colonel Roy Mustang, Lieutenant Riza Hawkeye, and Lieutenant Colonel Hughes on their side, the brothers find themselves caught up in a nationwide conspiracy that leads them to not only the true nature of the elusive Philosopher's Stone, but their country's murky history as well. In between finding a serial killer and racing against time, Edward and Alphonse must ask themselves if what they are doing will make them human again, or take away their humanity. Again, it's a very cool anime. Roy Mustang is probably the most universal, universal loved guy. I think he's actually like quoted as like the most like OP anime character of all time. He's like a fire badass. He's just insane. And that's a pretty cool cast. Mem- a lot of memorable characters. Uh, and me personally, it's a lot easier for me to remember names that sound a little bit more American than Japanese because I can actually pronounce it. But that's just me. Although I do think I'm actually getting better with my pronunciations about four hours in. So, speaking of four hours, yes, this is near the fourth hour. So, I am at going to be starting number 35 or 30, 34 next, which means I'm slightly less than one-third of the way, and I am way over one-third of the podcast a lot of time. So, I'm going to try to speed this up. I know the last... 20 have sped up a little bit more, which I'm pretty happy with, um, but I still need to get under this 10, 10 hour mark. So uh, I'm going to change the rain again right about now. Number 34, One Piece. Now, I said I shouldn't be going on and on, on and on about these anime, but One Piece is probably my favorite anime. And no, 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 let me take, take a step back. It's probably my favorite. Eastern series manga franchise as a whole that's come out. It's been around since I believe the 80s. It follows the journey of uh, at the time just a 17 or 16 year old boy uh, named Luffy who is a rubber man and they all live in a crazy world where if you eat a devil fruit you have the ability to do whatever that devil fruit possesses. So Luffy ate a gum gum fruit he became a rubber man. Uh, it sounds pretty cool, except you 
when you eat a gum gum or not gum 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 when you eat a devil fruit you are you can no longer uh, swim in salt water you can bathe in regular water but in the ocean it's a it's a no-go which means luffy who wants to be the pirate king has to actually go across all these adventures islands this whole path to well, find the one piece while all while having that um, kind of debilitating like ne- negative feature um, in the same vein, most of the battle sequences aren't really on the boat, so it doesn't really matter too much. But what I love about One Piece is that it is an anime that anyone can dive into. In regards to personal feels and enjoyment, like overall, like I just think One Piece is just a great anime. It just makes me feel good. The personal taste, it is a classic shonen. Yeah, I mean, most of the tropes that you see in shonen are probably going to be in One Piece. Uh, definitely a lot of action and a good mix of comedy, and that's not really what drives the the story or that drives the anime franchise. I would say specifically. And if you're wondering why the anime is a little bit lower, I would say the pacing and the I would say the pacing and the overall animation quality and the art has been known to be very lackluster at times. Uh, so what One Piece has been known to do is they often have very few filler episodes, which is episodes that have nothing to do with the main story that was provided in the, in the manga, and they they end up pacing most episodes very slowly to where like only maybe two or three things really happen in an episode, so people get the feeling like stuff's going on, but really it's going at a very slow pace. Because of that, the animation quality, and I think Toei Animation is the people that are they're the ones that... Uh, are doing it they are often not they're not they're not terrible they have they, they make a lot of uh, they, they make a lot of anime especially with the weekly releases so you know that's fine but the overall if you're just trying to enjoy the anime like for binge word binge quality worthiness or just you like to have visual pleasing stuff like this is not the anime and I would say because of those it actually hurts the anime specifically and one piece if the anime was if the anime was done right it would probably be again a top five top five anime would probably push out a couple but a couple other ones that were in that list unfortunately this is reality and that's not the case the manga is amazing highly recommend you guys watching it or reading reading the manga uh, for the anime if you're binge watching just definitely it's your it's, it's a binge watcher's dream it's not a week to week person's dream luckily there are I think 900 episodes and about 500 or 600 of them are in dubbed and if you're at 550 episodes and you have to switch to the sub version I don't think you're going to ma- I don't think you're going to mind it's another 200 and some episodes of well, One Piece my anime list gives this a score of 8.53 which ranks it in the top 100 at 94 and it's the 36th most popular anime. Again, it's insane, this anime. I really should not need to discuss more. It's a beast. Go watch it if you have the time. And if you're scared to dive into 900 episodes, that's fine. Don't watch it then. But I would say it's worth it. Number 35, Death Parade. This is a mind F of an anime I wouldn't say mind definite of an anime, but it is an anime that gets you thinking. Gets you thinking about life, death, 
kind of just being a human. Uh, you get to see a lot of situations. Let me take a step back. The idea, the synopsis is it's based in a limbo type world where people who have either died, I think, uh, with they either died without like cleansing their soul or something like that, and they're in this limbo to, to play a game that ultimately decides um, from like this guy who's like the decider whether or not they are worth going to heaven or going to like a null void. I don't think they have a hell in, in that in the anime. So you follow the life of you follow his day to day in the form of our protagonist, and I forget her name, but what goes on is. During this little limbo, uh, the attendant, in this case the decider, I'm going to call him the attendant, what's by the name of Deccan, Deccan, they often play the recently, they bring the recently deceased to play a random game which their fate will either decide to go into reincarnation or fall into the void. That is what I meant to say. Whether it's blowing darts, or (laughs) bowling darts, air hockey, or anything in between, each person's true nature will be revealed in a ghastly parade of death and memories. Dancing to the whims of the bar's master. So, that's more or less the type of show. And what they do is they often pit two people that often died together and try to figure out what was their past like, how are they reacting in situations when things don't go their way, and you know, forcing them to push to their true nature. And there, there goes a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of, like philosophy and like ethics and morals in regards to how that happens, and it's a pretty cool series. How you and how you see Deckham, who is supposed to be a more or less a, a doll that's supposed to have commands, and how he actually turns into slowly, hopefully, and turns into something more than just a uh, a yes man that has to follow X Y Z rules and can think for himself. It's 12 episodes long, and it, pe- it showed up in the winter of 2015. And I caught this show probably around the time where it was released on Funimation. And of course, it's a madhouse. It is a madhouse film. It's madhouse uh, animation studio, anime. So, with it with it having a score of an 8.24 and a rank of nearly 300, I am very surprised that it is this low uh, on here. Uh, I know 8.24 is a pretty super solid score. Its popularity is in the top 50 at number 46, so it is a very popular anime, but that has not really gained a lot of steam in regards to, I guess, critically critical acclaim from the, my anime list people. I don't know, but it's a quick 12 episode series. You can get that rolled out in probably a few hours if you just wanted to binge it. I loved. When it first came out, the personal feels, the emotion, like that, the storytelling in each episode, uh, while episodic, it has a very nifty arc of what the world is about, like that anime world is about, like the like the current arc or the world that they're currently in or the island. Anyways, character development on all aspects, A plus, the plot, A plus. I don't know, everything about that show is just insanely well done. It seemed like it came out of the came out of nowhere. It just was like a one-off anime that just hit everything in all across all marks. It's very happy. I'm happy having it placed at number 35 with 11 episodes. 
I really hope they would have a second season, but where they left off in the in the initial run makes me think it probably won't be the case. But I was just very, very happy with the anime. Both sad and happy, bittersweet. I don't want to go in more without spoiling it, but it's I would recommend that one. Um, slightly less than One Piece that I mentioned, but they're both kind of on the same par.